So hello, welcome today's spe- to d- today's special episode. We are looking at corporate pride and the rainbow dollar. Every June, companies and corporations begin changing their logos to include a rainbow and push out LGBTQ plus merchandise. But in recent years, we've seen a shift in our community rejecting this corporate pride. And now queer news is finally shining a light on the shortcomings of company support and also their contradictory actions when not supporting us during June. We decided to look at six major companies that are a part of corporate pride to see how they do and also what we can do to abolish this rainbow capitalism. And looking at corporations, I looked at big ones like Apple, Nike, and even Morphe. All three companies have a track record of putting out pride collections, which are associated with specific LGBTQ organizations that have longstanding connections with them. Let me begin with the more affordable, sort of, uh, company on my list, Morphe. Morphe is a beauty and makeup line that is popularly known to support LGBTQ makeup artists. Their 2021 Live With Love collection solely donates to the Trevor Project. Morphe states that donation of 100% of net proceeds, a minimum of US $200,000, will be made to the Trevor Project from sales of 2021 Pride Live With Love collection, while supplies last. And so here's an example breakdown of how much is going to the Trevor Project in this collection. So this is US dollars, by the way. So $3.38 per live per live with love eyebrush set is going to be given to Trevor Project. Um, $2.60 per 25 liter volume to live with love artistry palette and $1.56 per live with love hand mirror. And, you know, Morphe has done little else to give back other than sponsoring YouTube gurus like James Charles, Shane Dawson, and Jeffree Star, which, you know, is now extremely problematic for Morphe to support such characters. We also looked at corporations such as P&G, Disney, and Target. With P&G, they focus on consumer goods and are big into advertising. So it comes as no surprise that their big push was collaborating with GLAD for the Visibility Project, which offers companies resources and partnerships to better represent LGBTQ plus people in advertising. But that's not all. Their many products and brands are getting in on the Pride Fund too. Native makes all natural deodorant, and this year for Pride, the brand is partnering with the LGBT Asylum Project, a nonprofit organization which aims to help 500 LGBTQ asylum seekers gain accessible legal representation. The brand is donating $10,000 to help the cause and is also offering customers the chance to save 20% off their next order by emailing a copy of a donation receipt to any nonprofit that supports the LGBTQ community. Also for Olay, they are selling a limited edition jar of the popular Olay Regenerous Microsculpting Cream, along with two gift sets. The brand is also donating $75,000 to the Trevor Project and lending support to Can't Cancel Pride, a virtual streaming event. My question is, how much does Olay get back in profits from their microsculpting cream? I'm sure it's a lot more than $75,000. But let's talk about that Can't Cancel Pride event. Can't Cancel Pride selected Greater Cincinnati Foundation, which is a public charity, as its grant management partner due to its track record of credibility and stewardship. Donations from the Can't Cancel Pride will be administered to national charitable organizations such as GLAD, SAGE, National Black Justice Coalition, the Trevor Project, Outright Action International, 
and Centerlink in accordance with regulations of the US Internal Revenue Service. Supporting brands of Can't Cancel Pride include Bounty, Charm, and Dawn, Downey, Jared, Pantene, and Tide. Additional proud partners of Can't Cancel Pride include Cadillac, Crest, Giant Food, Herbal Essences, Mattel, Mercedes-Benz, Olay, as mentioned before, Pampers, P&G Shopper Team, Puffs, Splat, Hair Color, and Mrs. L. Quite a lot of brands for quite a lot of organizations. The sponsorship with iHeartMedia, which includes big names like Laverne Cox, Billy Porter, Katy Perry, Adam Lambert, Haley Kiyoko, Ben Platt, Titus Burgess, and Nico Tortorella is set to be a huge fundraising event. Of course, we have to ask, how much of these donations go to P&G, the Greater Cincinnati Foundation, and iHeartMedia? And how are the donations split between these organizations and how much do these organizations put money back into the community? This is something that we will definitely be looking at as we move forward. Definitely. And, you know, take a look at Apple, for example. Apple apparently has a long-running financial support for LGBTQ advocacy organizations like Encircle, Equality North Carolina, Equality Texas, Gender Spectrum, GLSEN, Human Rights Campaign, National Center for Transgender Equality, P Flag National, SMYAL, and the Trevor Project in the US, and ILGA World Internationally. And so looking at how much they have, um, how much do they give to each organization and how do they determine which organization gets how much? And you know, those details are not easily disclosed. But we do know that a portion of those donations come from proceeds made from the company's yearly Apple Watch Pride editions, which began in 2016. And the percentage of those proceeds were also unfortunately not disclosed. Apple's new band this year is the braided solo loop that according to the product statement represents the breadth of the LGBTQ communities and experiences. I guess buying a rainbow band that runs for $99 deeply represents my experience as a broke queer Asian woman. But you know, while I think the Pride Edition bands are a clear example of corporations profiting off the queer community with these type of products, I will say that Apple actually does give back in more ways than most corporations do. Um, back in February, Apple did donate a million dollars to LGBTQ youth organizations in Circle, um, along with their iPads and other Apple products. CEO Tim Cook, who is also a gay man, received the 2019 GLSEN Champion Award. And Apple also scored 100 in HRC Corporate Equality Index, which apparently means that the company is an inclusive work environment and has policies in place for LGBTQ plus employees. They also signed a letter with HRC, among other companies, opposing anti-LGBTQ state legislation in 2020. So maybe Apple isn't so bad. But with how expensive their products are, the products where proceeds are getting taken out of to donate to these organizations, they also then cater to a more privileged class that can afford the rainbow splurge and neglect aiding the actual community that needs support. Let's also not forget if you even have the funds to buy an Apple Watch, which usually are priced over $300, to even get the Pride Edition bands. Thus, Apple has shown support for the LGBTQ community through other donations, but, they're sh but they sure still support the capitalistic system that exploits Pride Month for financial gain. And, you know, I guess their Nike Sport Loop Edition band is more affordable with it being $49 instead of $99. But, you know, speaking of Nike, 
Nike is one of the big sports apparel companies out there and is seen as one of the biggest LGBTQ plus supporters from the sports industry. According to a Vox article, Nike has provided 3.6 million to LGBTQ plus organizations since 2012. As part of their Be True line, Nike chooses specific LGBTQ plus organizations each year and grants each organization a specific amount of money. In the 2020 Be True collection, Nike gave 25,000 to 18 LGBT organizations. On top of that, Nike also used the 2020 Be True campaign to sponsor trans athlete Chris Mosier, the first trans athlete to be sponsored by the company. So is Nike a supportive corporate ally or just another performative and exploitative company using Pride Month and the queer community to earn them rainbow money? I say it's a bit of a mixed bag. Though Nike is also equally high in the HRC corporate equality index like Apple, they are also being sued by a trans contractor who claims that Nike has abused them for failing to use the correct pronouns and did not protect, protect them from abuse and transphobia experienced while working at the company. Also in 2017, a New York Times article covered a story of Nike shoes found slashed and thrown outside of a Nike department store in Soho. And, you know, when slashing garments is a way retailers get rid of their products instead of recycling or donating them. It makes you wonder if this happens to their pride collection apparel too. If the product is faulty or overstocked, then maybe instead of making them part of your donations to organizations and or homeless shelters that helps members of the queer community. Exactly. Now let's take a look at Disney. It should be a pretty quick analysis knowing their track record with our community. Now, Disney doesn't celebrate Pride, but they do have Pride merchandise to sell to the many Disney gays out there. Their Pride collection is being covered by major news outlets, including queer ones, and it's honestly baffling how quick these outlets are to offer a platform to a company that has had such a negative history with our community, including their own employees. Joel Hopkins, a former employee of Disney, is suing the company for discrimination, stating that he has direct and repeated complaints to HR about the discrimination he has endured while employed by Disney and concomitantly the related failures to promote him and to pay him at the same level as other department heads. It looks like their internal actions are just as abysmal as their external ones. Of course, Disney did release a Pride statement in recognition of Pride in our Pride collection. The Walt Disney Company is donating funds to organizations from around the world that support LGBTQ plus communities. But like with all these major companies, how much is actually going to our community? When their harmful actions coincide with their supposed support, that's a sign of a company that should not be supported by our community. Last on our list to discuss is Target. Now, Target has one of the most expansive lines of Pride collection items, a lot of which have been torn apart by TikTok users throwing shade on the company for their basic and tone-deaf products. But Target seems rather proud of their collection and their statement. You can experience more stories all year long with hashtag TakePride on Target.com, which serves as a place of affirmation and allyship with the LGBTQIA community well beyond Pride Month. Meanwhile, this year's Pride assortment is our largest yet with over 150 inclusive products available in all stores and on Target.com 
Wow. They also support local, regional, and national LGBTQIA organizations throughout the year, including the Human Rights Campaign and Out and Equal, with donations and volunteer hours from their team members. And at Target, their Pride Plus Business Council, which is their team member resource group, creates opportunities for team members, including virtual events and experiences and resources for education and allyship. They also have had a 10 year long partnership with GLSN, donating $100,000 each year. But in 10 years, what does that amount to? $2 million, and that's all. And they talk about local organizations, but they only mention the HRC and Allen Equal. These are major organizations that can rarely do the work for local communities because they focus on the national scale. And knowingly targets profits, $100,000 a year to GLSEN is just but a drop in the bucket. And that's the problem about these corporations. They only give when it gives them financial gain and good press. If the product fails to do so, then it gets slashed or thrown out and Pride Month flitters and so does their performative once a year gestures. But when Pride went from political to party, companies got involved to sponsor parades and start their work during, start their work on turning Pride into corporate Pride. And ever since 2016 with the Polish shootings, an anti-law enforcement and anti-corporation mindset began to take hold. The politics and pride were coming back. And you know, that's why there's been such a communal conversation about these issues. And finally, enough people decided to join that conversation. But let's talk about how Pride started, because Pride was something completely different when it first began. The Stonewall Riots, also called the Stonewall Uprising, began in the early hours of June 28, 1969, when New York City police raided the Stonewall Inn, a gay club located in Greenwich Village in New York City. The raid sparked a riot among bar patrons and neighborhood residents as police roughly hauled employees and patrons out of the bar, leading to six days of protests and violent clashes with law enforcement outside the bar on Christopher Street, and neighboring streets in a nearby Christopher Park. Constant police raids at LGBT bars also, this is a tangent, but did you know the mafia owned a lot of these bars? Yep, 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 yeah. yep. Though the Stonewall uprising didn't start the gay rights movement, it was a galvanizing force for LGBT political activism, leading to numerous gay rights organizations, including the Gay Liberation Front, Human Rights Campaign, GLAB, which was formerly known as the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, and PFLAG, formerly known as Parents, Families, and Friends of Lesbians and Gays. On the one-year anniversary of the rights on June 20. 1970, thousands of people marched in the streets of Manhattan from Stonewall Inn to Central Park on what was then called Christopher Street Liberation Day, America's first gay pride parade. The parade's official chant was, say it loud, gay is proud. See, to summarize the problem, a lot of the money that's raised during these big events doesn't go back into local queer communities. It goes back to the companies sponsoring the events and to the organizations that are supposed to use profits for creating change, but rarely can. One of the major organizers of Pride events is the Human Rights Campaign, and they do phenomenal work. But you know, most of their work goes into political lobbying and doesn't give back to the local communities that desperately need their help. So what can we do instead of corporate Pride? 
In 2019, when the last pre-pandemic NYC Pride took place, an activist group called Reclaim Pride hosted their own rally called the Queer Liberation March that was anti-capitalist, anti-mainstream, his cis-heteronormativity, and anti-cop. They understood what the original meaning of gay liberation was and fought to truly do good for our community that has been abused by the police and the Trump administration. There are organizations just like Reclaim Pride nationwide. You need to do the work to find them. Do more than march a Budweiser-sponsored parade and reach out to local LGBTQ centers and spaces and do pride the original way, which is queer. And if you want to do more than give your time, you know, you can donate to your local communities, which you can find through Centerleak. For instance, um, there's Rainbow Elders in Colorado where Nick is, and then there's the Latino Equality Alliance where I'm based in LA. And, you know, there's organizations nationwide that do important local work. Please use Centerlink, which is the best resource to find your local queer organizations. And you can find the link in our site bio. All right, everyone. This was a lot of information, a lot of stuff about these corporations and what we should be doing for Pride. So thank you for joining us in this episode. And remember to stay safe and keep Pride queer.